What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in on Pogo City Radio. I'm Andrew Bedlam. We got some new-ish Blank 77. Lick, lick, lick my ball. going on everybody sorry you caught me in the middle of some uh, in the middle of some briefers here i thought i had a few more seconds on that song got me wasted big ass dabs i love this fucking moxie shit they be selling at the dispensary and uh you know i'm talking about like the thc concentrate the dabs the wax the shatter moxie some of this fucking expensive ass reefers you know what i'm saying but lately the dispensaries in PA and in Jersey, they've been having that shit on sale, and it's great. This shit goes for, like, 80 bucks a gram and been copping it for, like, 60 and 55 and shit. Then prices are finally coming down. It was, like, crazy. When weed first got legal around here, especially in Peaberg, oh, my God, it was so overpriced, so insane. Like, it was kind of like, well, I guess it's almost like paying for a, a, a license. It's like a privilege, but that shit needed to change. Luckily, it seems like prices are coming down a little bit. This is not a weed economics podcast. Well, it might be because it's my show and I talk about whatever I want. <laughs> Try and make it punk rock based, but, you know, I feel like weed is punk rock based. I, I say so. I say so. Yeah, definitely. My sampler is fucking going. I, I, a bunch of the buttons aren't working. I don't have the, uh, it, the first two buttons aren't working, but I'm Andrew chilling, just winging it on a Monday. I got some shit to talk about too, you know, just hanging out, haven't had much time to do the show. Been going to a lot of like actual live shows, some real cool ones, been, um, writing some music, been on working on some other people's music, and it's about fucking time, because I was going fucking crazy. 
Now, uh, no, no, no new bands or anything per se, but definitely working on some cool stuff. Some stuff can't tell you about, but definitely some cool stuff. Definitely worked out. I wrote a new song that I actually kind of like, <laughs> and I had Renee over, and we were we were jamming to it. That was Renee. You were just listening to there. On the uh, first track, guitarist, Blank 77. That was Hey You, originally coming off of the Parasitics Blank 77 split, getting blasted from a few years ago. However, last month or so, uh, just fucking Pogo Records, I guess that's what that label is, and Dismantled, just fucking Pogo and Dismantled, and uh, perhaps Oi Boyle's Records, all put out this... Um, the Blanks side of that split, and from what I understand, Mike Blanks came up with the artwork, and if you're watching on Facebook right now, I'm holding up the cover, and what it is, it's the exact same artwork of the 12-inch split, which was Pogo the Punk and the Parasitics, like, Parasite Man that Jethro drew. It was them, one on each side, and the back cover had them in an alleyway, the characters, with the band logos on each side and their tracks, one on each side, and Mike made it look where the Parasitics information is just completely ripped off, and it looks like a ripped record with a picture of a record on some cardboard, and only the blanks info is there. It's the same on the b-side it's so fucking great i love it completely but uh yeah so i was just playing hey you right there i think these seven inches are still available i don't think it was as limited as that we can do the ska record with their new ska track they just put out with sniper 76 uh sniper <laughs> but um but, uh, Sniper 66, there we go. But uh, then, uh, yeah, go pick up the 7-inch if you can find it. Go online. Also, the Blank 77 auction on eBay. Still stuff going on there. Just type in Blank 77 on eBay. You can get some rare, out-of-print, rare, rare, rare stuff from Blanks. And uh, the fun's going towards Dean after his surgery. And, uh, yeah, we got some stuff to catch up on. But uh, why don't we, we kind of briefed over some of the stuff. Like I said, been busy. A lot of shows going on. We should talk about some of them. It was also Rude Girl Jess's birthday yesterday, and that was a lot of fun. But, uh, yeah, like I said, we're going to have to play records. I got multiple technical difficulties. My cell phone is smashed. People are even more mad at me for not responding to any texts and phone calls. But that shit is fucked up. It's like unfunctionable. And a uh, fair amount of the music I've been playing since some other technical difficulties has been off my phone. But we are spinning records tonight. And like I said, go get the blanks half of this getting blasted record. And uh, I've heard, I don't know, I don't know, I've heard that maybe, maybe the Parasitics will be doing something similar. We'll see, we'll see. But for sure, one thing the Parasitics are doing is that split on Pogo City Records with one-sided and uh, the older school one-sided with me and Milo. <laughs> and uh, those tracks are over a year old now. Sold plenty of them pre-order and a uh, update. The record went into its like mass print June 7th, finally. So uh, hopefully 
They'll be delivered anytime soon, and we can mail them all out. You guys can still pre-order it. And now, I haven't been promoting the pre-order because it was held up for so long. But now with them in production as of June 7th, which is two months, you guys want to go to PogoCity.com. You can click some shit. You can pre-order the record and uh, get it cheaper and shit. And, uh, yeah, the Parasitics also recently put out on Violated Records no end in sight. Now, I was lucky enough to snag just as I was given the um, limited of this uh, this Blanks record here. Let me grab it for the camera. The actual record itself, pretty uh, uniquely colored. I would say for you audio listeners, there's a uh, mostly a reddish-orange background that is semi-translucent, and then there's like speckles, pretty big speckles, like half-inch maybe, of a different shade of red and blue and some orange and some yellow. Now, they came out like this, and they also came out on black. Renee snagged one for herself that was real, real cool. We're guessing maybe... We don't know, because neither one of us ever seen anything that looked like it. Maybe it was the changeover record. She has a colored record, but it's mostly black. And then it's got this color scheme, but it's kind of just some lines fanned out from the center label. So the, le the, the record predominantly black, but then like tiger striped with this orange polka dot looked real cool. We think maybe it was the first non-color record and like it bled through a little. It was supposed to be, we're thinking, but uh, yeah, totally cool. And uh, there's some new stuff on Spotify from uh, Blanks, so go there. Give them a follow. Give the Parasitics a follow. I'm going to have to go run, grab this fucking record. We're going to drop the needle on it. We got some Parasitics coming up in just a second. We are going to go, I think I want to play Thoughts and Prayers. No, we're going to, okay, we're going to play two from the Parasitics. We're going to play an original, which is Thoughts and Prayers. And then they also added on here, Drinking Beer and Rock and Roll, a Wretched Ones cover that was originally released for that Wretched Ones tribute, but it didn't make it on the actual vinyl. It was only on the, the uh, digital release, so uh, Pat and the Parasitics, released it on their um, first full-length album, No End In Sight. So we're going to check out Thoughts and Prayers and then Drinking Beer and Rock and Roll. Hopefully I play the right goddamn side and the right goddamn track. Looking at this Parasitics record here, got another cool kind of striped one. I'd say this is some type of purple, maybe, some type of mauve or fuchsia, not quite a bright, like a deep fuchsia with like some black tie-dye to it and some splashes of red. But uh, yeah, Josiah hooked me up with this one. Hope he's doing a little better, but we're going to get to the parasitics. Like I said, it's going to take a second for the needle to fall, and I hope I play the right goddamn tracks. Trying to play Thoughts and Prayers and uh, Drinking Beer and Rock and Roll. Suck my dick. <laughs>
right, here's the parasitics. Thoughts and prayers. We need to get to two full songs. The records are still available. Right, that was new from the Parasitics. Thoughts and prayers off No End in Sight. Here's them again with a cover of the Wretched Ones drinking beer and rock and roll. Pogo City Radio.
right, the parasitics covering the wretched ones right there. Tell me how the fuck that didn't make the final cut of the Wretched Ones tribute. I'm sorry, that track is fucking awesome. The whole band sounds great. Paul sounds great. He's got a way different voice than Armin. Kind of gives it this different dimension, but still sounds like the Wretched Ones. I fucking love it. I heard that song way before it came out. When they first recorded, Larry was playing it on his phone. I think we played it out here years ago and got in trouble for it because it was not supposed to be played. But it was his fault. But, you know, now it's fine. But, uh, yeah, like I said, the Parasitics got that no end in sight full length out and uh, also getting ready for that split 7-inch with one side it that uh, we're releasing and uh, yes saw them in this new place new er place in Jersey I can't think of what the fuck it was called it's like a dude's name John's or Jake's or Jesse or James I don't fucking know Jay from the stomp out uh, animal abuse shows was uh, putting it on it was a great time it was the Head Wound Show, and uh, I think we talked about this on the last show. Did we talk about this on the last show? Am I am I doubling over? Yeah, I feel like we talked about Head Wound, but it was uh, Head Wound, U.S. Chaos, the Parasitics, and uh, the Parasitics sounded real good. I know they played not at the Alt Gallery, but some place I haven't been to in the Lehigh Valley. I guess they played maybe last weekend. I wasn't at that one. I believe the O.C. Rippers played as well. Maybe we'll get them on here. Picked up their 12-inch from Lyle at QXT's the last time they were playing there. And I uh, got to give out a shout-out to Johnny. He's been one of our earliest lit listeners. Johnny from the Executors and the OC Rippers. And speaking of those bands, they're playing in the Lehigh Valley again soon. I don't have my phone on me. I want to say September 17th. Look around. Look, uh, LCJ, Lower Class Jess, got a show going on at that, like, Peberg VFW that she's thrown a couple shows as. I think she was using the name Jetty, but I don't think she's using it anymore. But September 17th, I believe it's the OC Rivers. Uh, there's a couple bands playing. I'm going to have to see if I can find the flyer. But September 17th, Peberg punk show look around the internet for more details i was hanging out with jess at the latest u.s chaos show because they just played in philly with the hub city stompers and um trial by terror and uh who the fuck else played i'm trying to think i'm trying to think oh johnny from head wounds uh band that he sings in fear gods they were pretty cool first time i seen them and uh yeah hub city stompers you know i'm not a sky guy but they're a lot of fun it was good seeing larry at the show from the parasitics he was uh getting kind of loose screaming for uh plastic gangster the uh, Foreskins cover that Hub City Stompers do, and they played it, and uh, everybody had a blast. It was fun. And Trial by Terror, what did they cover? Drinking and driving. It was fucking awesome by the business, right? Because Trial Terror has their sound, and then I'm listening to this song, and it's still, like, heavy. It's it's definitely their own version of it. I'm like, this is a cover. I know this song. What is this? And I was like, ah, drinking and driving. Yes, it was, it was awesome. It was awesome. I know Nat showed up kind of late, the drummer Trial by Terror, because she has this like all-girl metal band there uh, their name escapes me but they were recording so maybe we'll find out some more info from that but then she showed up opened the show it was a lot of fun renee played awesome all the u.s chaos uh i definitely i have some videos and shit i forgot to post 
because um, Rude Girl Jess's birthday was yesterday. Had a lot of fun with that. We'll have to talk about that for a little. But uh, we just played the Parasitics covering the Wretched Ones. And I was talking about Armin. And he was doing a lot of the Headache Records work from what I understand. And I believe what I have in my hand here is a white copy of their first ever release, that being Headache Records, uh, and it's Niblick Henbane, and uh, it's got four tracks, Niblick Henbane's first release, they did 100 on red, 100 on white, 100 on blue, and then they did like 50 or a more limited number of like those weird runs where they all come out different, but uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know, I've had Harpo and Andy, the bass player, talked to me about it a few times. Harpo gave me this record, and he was giving me that story, and uh, he didn't want to record. They had to talk him into it, and thank God they did. This 7-inch is awesome. I love the second track on both sides. On the A side, it's a Niblick original, The Future Belongs to Me, and uh, but then they got Tallahassee Lassie, the cover, and uh, Freddie Cannon, and I think we're going to have to play that Tallahassee Lassie. So let me drop this Niblick EP on the turntable. Let me unmute that turntable. Damn, I'm going to have to cut this out of the podcast. This is rough. Running a turntable show by myself. I got some white vinyl right here. I cannot see the lines at all. I can't see the lines on the white vinyl. It's across the fucking... This is what we do. I'll take the mic with me so I can bullshit. You think I would have figured this out by now. I'm going to take the mic with me. I'm going to head over to that turntable and... uh, we don't have uh, that many video watchers, really, about the audio listeners, so I guess you ain't missing shit. So maybe over here. Now I can see the light. Okay. So this is some Niblick Henlane. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I can't talk. Come on, Andrew. Get it together, you bum. All right, we're probably going to hear a little bit of the first song because this is hard as hell, especially on white vinyl. It's DIY. Blow me. Here's Niblick Henbane with Tally ha- Tallahassee Lassie, I hope. No, ah, we gotta go back further. We're not missing the beginning of the song. Oh God, it's DIY. Deal with it. Here's a full one from Niblick, Tallahassee Lassie.
decision rest of the night we're playing the first track on either the a or the b side because i'm getting a little annoyed by that <laughs> all right that was niblick right there tallahassee lassie definitely going to be promoting the shit out of this episode yeah right worst episode you've ever done right well there's some pretty shitty episodes <laughs> this one uh this one definitely on the uh oh the oh I may have f***ed up here. Yeah, I may have fucked up here side of things. I don't know if it's Sean taking... So the uh, last time Sean was here, he fucking drops a 40 on the ground, right? And it goes on the ground, like, where there's not electronic equipment. And then there's, like, signs up that say, like, don't put a drink on here. And he takes the exploding beer and puts it on the table with the gear where it starts overflowing, even though it didn't fall there. Took the spilling, overflowing beer and brought it to the electrical equipment. And I was like, what? And I don't know, but the sampler doesn't quite work right anymore. And... <laughs> The uh, the music problems, however, are not from that. But, uh, yeah, like, three or four buttons on the sampler seem to be fried. But, uh, I don't know, it wasn't working great to begin with. But, uh, yeah, just chilling. This is one... This is one for the diehards. That's what it is. It's one for the diehards because the people in the podcast have been listening forever. You'll, you'll be down with it. You'll be down with it. But, uh, yeah, so yesterday was fucking rude girl Jess's birthday, and she's not really on the show anymore, but she used to be on the show constantly, and all you motherfuckers know who she is here at the shows if you're from around here, but it was her birthday yesterday, and she is, like, obsessed. Like, her blank 77 is the office <laughs> with, like, Steve Carell and Jenna Fisher and all them, 
uh, Michael Scott, yes, the office. But, uh, yeah, so I did this whole, me and the kids, we made this whole, like, office-themed birthday for her. And, like, we're all huge fans, and even my kids know, like, so many of the episodes. And it was my 8-year-old Ava's, her idea. And uh, in the pilot episode, it's so classic. I mean, we have mad office memorabilia throughout the whole house. I have the Dwight Schrute fuzz pedal by Fuzz Imp over there. And, uh, but, um, yeah, my daughter was like, so we ordered just a bunch of Funko Pops of the office and a bunch of other memorabilia. And one that she really wanted was Dwight from the pilot when he has the, when Jim takes his stapler and puts it in jello and it's just like a, a cake of jello and it's his staplers in it and Dwight's all pissed off. So there's this Funko Pop of Dwight holding the Jello stapler and it wasn't coming. It got lost in the mail. And Ava was like, Can we just get some Jello and put a stapler in it and like give her that as like a joke with like other stuff? And I was like, You know what? That's that's pretty fucking genius. <laughs> and uh, so it was funny because I, I was with Jess. And I forgot that we were going to whatever show, and it's always hectic as fuck, and I was supposed to do Pogo, and I'm, like, the number two person at my job, and I had to, like, do all this extra stuff, because my boss hasn't been around, and fucking, so I didn't have time, and it got to the last minute, I was like, fuck, I gotta, like, buy a stapler, I gotta buy Jell-O, her birthday is tomorrow, I fucking hate Jell-O, I've made it, like, twice in my life, I'm like, I, I think it's, like, boil water or something, I'm like, I don't know, I think that's all it is, and I'm like, fingers crossed, so I get a packet of Jell-O, and we had to get something from the pharmacy, and she's walking around, and I sneak by a stapler, which, by the way, why the fuck are staplers so expensive, okay? I buy this little mini three-inch stapler, 16 fucking dollars, doesn't even come with staples, not, I mean, who else is buying it to put it in fucking jello? If I was buying a stapler for stapler reasons, I feel like I'm entitled to at least one complimentary clip of staples. Fuck, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, that was the mini stapler. The full-size stapler is like $25. Like, blow me, Jesus. But, like, I could be getting her an actual gift. But, uh, anyway, so I, I started making the Jello, and then I put it in this bowl, and, like, boom, it's not nowhere near enough to cover this stapler. Thank God I got the mini, and I'm like, fuck. I'm like, let me transport this into a smaller bowl, but that came with other complications. So I take it, I get the stapler in there. It's like almost three, we'll say two thirds maybe covered. And I'm like, all right, we're not going to be actually eating this. At first I was like, let me saran wrap the stapler so then we can eat it. And it looked even worse. <laughs> and I'm like, no, fuck that. We don't need to eat this fucking nasty jello anyway. We can just buy jello. And so what happened was it, I just took like, I was like, maybe if I only add like a half a cup of water, like, it won't be that bad. Dude, I make this, Jess is upstairs. I make this huge mess because it made it way too watery. There's just, like, red stains all over my kitchen. Oh, and even more fucking hilarious. So, I, like I said, I sneak bought the stapler. And, um, and she was in the store with me. And, like, hours go by, and it's, it's all fine. And I forgot that when we were in this, the pharmacy or whatever, she was like, oh, I, I need this little thing of makeup. 
So, later in the day, before I'm making the jello, she's going through the bag to look for her makeup, and I'm, like, doing dishes or something, and I hear, why did you buy a stapler? And I just come out of nowhere with, can you stay the fuck out of my shit? And she's like, whoa, psychopath. And she's like, all right, I won't touch the fucking stapler. And I'm like, because I had been hiding it because it was for her gag gift. And I, she's such an office nerd. I was like, if this bitch sees the stapler, she's going to know I'm putting it in Jell-O and it's all going to be ruined. Because I was all, because there was Jell-O in the bag too, but luckily she didn't see it. Because I'm like, if she sees Jell-O and a stapler in a bag and her birthday is tomorrow, I think... Like, her number one thing is the office. So she would have put that together. So I'm, like, yelling at her. <laughs> and it was funny, yes, that when... So, you know, I make a huge mess with the jello and everything. But then it sits in overnight. And I take it out, and I'm like, you know what? This is kind of serviceable. Like, I flip it upside down. I put it on, and it's like, okay, this looks good enough. Like, you know? And then two seconds later, it all starts falling apart. And I'm like, shit, shit. I'm yelling at the girls to go get their mom. And I'm, like, dumping jello back onto it. And, like, she, she came down the stairs and saw it. And I had, like, a happy birthday candle in it. Yo, she died laughing. Like, rolling on the ground. And we got her reaction. Ava was video taping her and she knew instantly she was rolling on the ground and it's great too because like the office is such like a current cult classic so like especially for people like our age and like you know like i i didn't like i didn't give the office a chance when it first came out and um Jess was obsessed with it and then when we got together like 10 years ago I was like do you really watch this dumbass show and like I'm obsessed with it so but it was a lot of fun and we had kept on doing all this other office stuff all her gifts were office and all her cards are the office and had a lot of fun and we even went to the mall for pretzels because of the pretzel day episode that was also my daughter's idea and it's cool too and I got like because I if you listen to the show I'm always talking about listening to audible and shit like those fucking audiobooks and they they came out with an office book and it's all by the writers and the producers I just finished it today it's like maybe 13 hours and um it's like it's done as like an interview so there's like there's like 20 people reading it like they had a voice actor actress for Steve Carell and Jenna Fisher and it's done like that kind of like the short and fast life of Darby crash book but uh, if you guys are into it yo I definitely recommend it I mean it's kind of like one of those rock and roll books like maybe watch you bleed by Guns N' Roses where like they sit there or about Guns N' Roses where they sit there and like they're like this album well, you know, this track was written by this person, and it was about that, and, like, they get into, like, the most classic episodes, and who wrote them, and what it was about, and, like, a lot of the characters were, like, loosely based on some of the actors, like, like, Creed, for example, like, he was pretty much a dramatized, kooky version of himself, a lot of them were doing that, and, like, it really gets into it, and, like, especially if you're big fans of the show, and then the, the sentimental of it, and this of it, and then, like, dude, I'm not gonna spoil, but when you hear about, like, Steve Carell leaving in season six, uh, season seven, like, 
oh my god was there some drama behind that like i thought i knew that story but damn i did not know that story but i don't know dude definitely one thing they make clear in the end of the book that um like what's his name uh greg michaels or whatever or whatever i don't know the 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 main director guy um that NBC is constantly talking about doing some type of a reboot, but he's against it. And, like, half the cast is down with it. But one thing's for sure, if there's a reboot, there ain't gonna be no Steve Carell at all. But, uh, yeah, enough about The Office. But I fucking love The Office. We just played some Niplick, you know, chillin', chillin'. We are gonna play some Bomb Squadron. I just think... It's hilarious because fucking like, uh, never mind. Not going to say that. I'm a ruffle feathers. Keep my mouth shut. It is a funny story, but um, you'll have to see me in person. We're going to get to Bomb Squadron. And oh, this is the second seven inch. This isn't the Ian seven inch. This is smash hits. Holy shit. I didn't even realize. Okay. So Clancy gave me this shout out, Mike Clancy. I know you're listening. So I guess we're playing betrayed or they'll try and stop us. I guess we'll play, they'll try and stop us. We're going to play the B-side. This band, some of these guys literally from around the block from here. This band later became The Virus on Punk Core Records. Got Fat Dave, got Jarrett, uh, Andy. So, uh, yeah, definitely members of The Virus and uh, definitely with some local history. I was at their only reunion show, which was the first time we saw Blank 77. And oh my God, was that one of the wildest nights of our young lives. We're going to get to Bomb Squadron. They'll try and stop us up next. Like I said, playing actual records tonight. So kind of a pain in the ass. Now we're sticking to the first track on the record. So I don't have to worry about dropping it in the middle of the track. Here's some fucking Bomb Squadron, but it's still going to take 10 minutes for the damn needle to fall so some high quality entertainment and you know normally i'd at least be pressing the samples but like you know half of them are shorted out lick 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 my ball that's for you sean
Bomb Squadron. Pogo City, bitches. All right, that's coming off Smash Hits. Now I know Doppelgagger Records, fucking, I think pretty much based out of Allentown, Pennsylvania, took all of the Bomb Squadron recordings. There was like 14 of them, <laughs> like tracks, 14 tracks, and put it out on Another Generation Found, kind of a parody on the first 7-inch, Another Generation Lost. So what it was was the three 7-inches, the Christmas song, and like two tracks that weren't like official releases, but were like on tape comps. Because from what I understand, like in the, well, I read the inner jacket, and it said that they were unreleased, but then I'd be hanging out with Ian and stuff, the original singer. He's the singer in Video Massacre and The Marks, if you guys know those bands, out of Reading. And uh, I'd be talking to him, and he was like, no, no, they were released. They were on, like, small comps, but they were released. So I'm not going to argue with the singer of the goddamn band, you know what I mean? But uh, I guess I'll take the singer's word over the jacket. So, uh, but yeah, it was all it was all their tracks, allegedly. From yeah, he didn't argue that point, so I guess it was true. But uh, yeah, going to the archives, Ian's definitely been on the show. We were doing quite a few live shows with video massacre gigs at the Jacks and Mothers and shit like that. But uh, yeah, played with the Marks with the Bedlam Punks back in the day too at Alexander's German Deli. That was fucking fun. But it was like an it was like a deli. It, it like really was like after hours and it was like, so think of how a deli shot shaped like it's like narrow and long. And then it has like that bar that you would like order your sandwich down kind of like a subway sandwich type joint. And then they had like this small little square area where the band played. So like literally like this hallway would be fucking packed and there'd be people in there and there'd be people in the little square too. But like, the fucking band took up half of it. Swear to God, right? We're we're having fun. It's a great show. You know, I mean, we're all like 16. They're not, but my band was. And um, somebody in like one of our best songs unplugs by accident our entire power strip and all the fucking like electronics die and there's just drums and we're like, wait, what? And you just hear, oh, shit, sorry. And it gets plugged in and everything powers up. It was so fucking ridiculous that we just went back into it. Everybody was laughing. And, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was a great time. And I know they used to have, I think they used to have quite a few shows there, but that was the only show I was at there. But it was definitely an interesting venue. Reminiscent, but kind of feelings, but tighter even than Bethlehem's the, the Globe. You guys remember the Globe in Five Points? Uh had a couple wild times there. I can remember seeing Mad Dog Surrender there, 21 Rounds there, fucking The Ruckus there. Uh, I don't know, dude. Probably The Fucks. Plenty of bands, man. Ah, oh, 
Kate's Cafe. Kate's Cafe. Oh, Kate's Cafe was fun, dude, especially if you were a minor because we were real young, so it was awesome. I guess if you were, like, 30, it was probably lame. But when we were, like, 15 and 16, it was fucking sweet, dude. We were playing some awesome shows with some of those same bands. And, uh, yeah, I remember when Frank from 21 Rounds was singing for the Ruckus for a little bit, too, at the end there. And, uh, yeah, and Main Street Mayhem from the uh, Charged Records comp, uh, Punchy Night 2, International Chaos, last track on there. But, uh, yeah, so we're just chilling, talking about some local shit, listening to a bunch of local shit. Like I said, a local show going on September 17th. I know the OC Rippers are playing, and I'm not going to say who else, because I don't remember who else. It's uh, LCJ's show, so go talk to her, but it's definitely in Peaberg. It's September 17th, and it's at, like, the BFW or the American Legion, but wherever her other couple shows were. They were a lot of fun, dude. Mike Blanks' birthday was uh, during one of them. That was a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, definitely come out September 17th. And I feel like there is some other shows, too. I don't know. I don't remember. Anybody live, did, did we talk about the Blondie show? Like, my stoner ass. So, like, I like five minutes before we went on, I'm like, yeah, I can talk about this. I can talk about that. I can talk about it. And I was going to be like, all right, we can talk about Blondie. And then right as I started talking about The Damned, I was like, I I feel like I did this already. So, I don't know. Did did we talk about Blondie and the Damned? I'm trying to think. I feel like it's been two weeks. So, so maybe, because uh, I feel like we went to U.S. Chaos, and then Blondie and the Damned was like two days later. And I know we talked about the shows before they happened, but I don't remember if we talked about them after we happened. I'm definitely going to say the uh, the Head Wound Show, some of the most uncomfortable <laughs> moments ever. Oh, my God, was that uncomfortable, but definitely fun. Definitely fun. If, if you're not uncomfortable, sometimes you ain't living, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, yeah, so anyway, we were at Blondie, so NYC, and I don't even realize till like, the day before the show that this is on a rooftop in Manhattan at night on the fucking pier. So, like, we're on the water on the top of a building with Debbie Harry. Like, come on now. Oh, and Glenn Matlock. Nah, I don't think we're talking about this. Because I don't remember saying Glenn Matlock's name because I didn't know he was going to be there because I got, like, the promo. Nah, we didn't talk about this. I got the promo. Okay, yeah, we can talk about this. All right, so I got this promo thing. And it's funny, too, because I'm talking about Blondie before the show. And I was being honest. And I was like, you know, I used to get pissed off when I would tell people, like, you know, like maybe not punk rock people, just like people that were like in their 40s when I was a teenager that I'd meet at like bars, you know what I mean? And, uh, or, you know, wherever. And uh, I'd be like, yeah, like CBGBs and punk rock. And they'd be like, oh, so you like Blondie? And I'd be like, oh, are you fucking kidding me? Like, do I look like I listen to fucking Blondie? <gasps> but I uh, definitely got some fun classic songs and, you know, Debbie Harry's still sexy as fuck, dude. Like, she's sitting there with her hands by her hips, like, just doing this little come-on motion with her hands on each side. And I'm like, this old lady is giving me a boner right now. Like, <laughs> but nah, dude, and they sounded awesome. The mix was shit, dude. They had, it's, like, not their fault, but, like, especially the damned. It was terrible sound. Uh, it, like, Renee was saying it. Joss was saying it. And the damned played awesome. I'm talking about the mix. Ugh. 
dude, I hate to be a critic, but oh, what was going on, man? That was like an awesome show. And it like the mix, it sounded like there was blankets over the microphone. Like I heard several people say that exact term. And I don't know what was up with that, but it was still a lot of fun. It was very, um, you know, like suck my dick if you don't like it, dude. I go to shows in the meat locker and the basement and fucking love it and sweat my ass off. Dude, it's cool being at a high-budget punk show, seeing the damned up there with like, a, you know, like a big fucking movie screen background. And when Blondie came out, they played this background. It's all cartoons. Now, fuck, I don't have it up here with me. I'm a stoner, I'm an idiot, and I forget things. So I see this comic. I'm like, oh, shit, a Debbie Harry comic. And I wanted it because everything was, a lot of the promo stuff was her with, like, King Kong. And she was, like, the damsel getting taken, and it's got, like, a twist on it. And then I grab it, and Renee's like, oh, hell yeah. She's like, that's that comic Ashley's in. And I said, what the fuck are you talking about? She said, we told you like three times Ashley's in a Blondie comic. And I'm like, and they're like, and Maria, as in Dean's wife. And I'm like, oh, I vaguely remember hearing this. And then I had it, and I was like, oh. so I have to get the other ones. I'm going to have to, fuck, I wish I knew who the artist was. It's in there, and it's downstairs, and uh, it's totally cool. I'll, I'll put the fucking information up, or we'll talk about it in the next show. Maybe when I get the Maria and fucking Ashley ones. I'm talking about Smashley, you know her. But, uh, yes. So, uh, it was definitely a lot of fun, man. And then we were, like, right at the Intrepid, like, the museum boat thing. It was right on, like, Pier 18, I believe. And, uh, you know, Renee and Rude Girl Jess, they both got some shirts. And, um, we got some posters. It was a lot of fun, dude. And, uh, the Damned, they, they were cool, dude, because it was... Still just now, here's the thing though. I I don't think I saw Sensible. There was somebody who kind of looked like Sensible, but I expect Sensible to be wearing like that red beret. And he was playing bass, but not guitar. But Sensible was the original bass player and then later became the guitarist. So I was like, is that or is that not Sensible? But I don't I don't know. But what's his name? D Dave Damien or whatever. He was singing. And, uh, dude, it was just like your typical, like a blank set. It was like, these are our songs. Boom, 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 boom. We'll talk for two minutes. These are our songs. Boom, 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 boom. One into the another. And like, it's like, you know, some of the guys, it's like a mix. It's like when the New York Dolls do stuff. It's like, it looks like, hey, I'm just glad they're playing. But it does look funny when it's like half the band is like legit 70 and the other half is like maybe 20. So, you know, both Blondie and the Damned had this aspect going on and uh yeah the uh one of the guitarists one thing i so quite the underhanded comment there's this uh dude playing like rhythm mostly and uh he's in like this purple suit but he's got a big mo blonde mohawk is uh one of the guitar players for blondie and his hair is like down to the side like an unspiked mohawk because that's what it is and Jess is like, oh, my God, that guy is so hot. He looks just like you. Well, like, you know, a much younger you, but he looks just like you. He's so hot, but younger. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, slow down, lady. Like, that dude's definitely old enough to drink. Like, my birthday is Sunday and legit, legit, swear to God, swear to God. Jess's birthday, so I'm 51 weeks older than Jess, 51 weeks to the day, I'm September 4th, 1987, 
she's August 28th, 1988, right? 82888, right? And fucking, so yesterday she goes, Ava goes, wow, mommy, you're 34 now. I go, mommy's not 34, she's 33. And Jess goes, no, Andrew, today's my birthday, I'm 34. And I said, hold the fuck on. I said, and she starts laughing. She goes, yeah, 35, asshole. And I was, she keeps calling me middle-aged. I'm like, bitch, I'm not middle-aged. And like, and she, but I legit was thinking I was turning 34. But it's, I'm not even joking. And it's not like some shame. I was like, wait, I'm 35. Fuck. Like, I thought you were 33 and I was 34 turning. And she was like, nope, nope, you're middle-aged. I was like, shut the fuck up. Like, I'm not even a full year older than you. Kiss my ass. But, uh, yeah, so she kept saying how hot the guitar player was, but how he was a much younger man. <laughs> but the other guitarist, mostly playing lead, oh, what is he from? He's from something else. Oh, I can't think of it. I don't know. Kiss my ass. But, um... Dude, he was a sick guitar player. He had a bunch of awesome guitars. We were talking about Les Paul Jr.'s fucking a couple days ago when we were talking about the Misos a couple weeks ago, whatever. Go back maybe a show or two ago. Listen to that. It was like um, titled P-A-N-J-N-Y-C recaps. And that's why I was thinking we did the Blondie show because I was previewing the Blondie show. But, uh, yeah, we were talking about the Misos guitarist having a junior, and uh, he was playing a junior for a while. And then he had, like, I'm sorry, guys, I love, I, I like to be more masculine about it, and people call it metal flake. But it seems like non-guitarists just call it sparkles. So he had a sparkle jazz master that was so up my alley because jab, jazz masters are fenders and they're oddball and it was sparkle and it was awesome and uh he had just your typical like it was still because you know most les pauls are a solid color well they're a burst or a regular color they're not like weird paint jobs and they either look like a a table a table from the 1950s or they're a solid tone you know what i mean a black or and even so he had a he had a uh, custom regular les paul full-size les paul but it was still like this weird blue you don't normally see with like double binding and all all the works it was a custom series and uh then he had this like other les paul that like that like would seem to be hand painted kind of like Jimi hendrix like very like hippie young girl like how steve vi painted his guitar i've listened to steve vi talking about hand painting one is guitars in a tribute song that he did to Hendrix because Hendrix did that and um, he, he said he was he was you know so proud of it and he's looking at it and he's holding it and he, he thinks it looks great and he shows it to his wife and he's all proud and she looks at it and he goes his wife goes it looks like a 12 year old girl did this <laughs> and uh, like I hope the blondie guitarist daughter did it because the similar feeling and i could see me my daughters are into music have their own instruments their own amps know how to play and love it and we're gonna refinish some guitars and they'll probably end up wanting to hand paint one and then we would do that and i would rock it but i would not make a guitar that looked like that without my daughters that is not happening there is no need for that i'll sit there with my metal flake guitars but i don't need no hand painted rainbow guitars that me and my daughters didn't do like no that's the only reason that would be happening but uh yeah all in all dude i mean we're on the water on a build topic building top 
at night in Manhattan under the lights. The first song they come out to, Blondie's got this digital background, and it's just all images from the comic books flashing of the Blondie comics. That The artwork's so great. It's, I think it's Sean someone. I'll have to get the book and look. But, oh, I'm a poet and didn't know it. But, uh, yeah, sitting here talking about Blondie. And the damned. Talking about U.S. chaos, too. Like I said, Hub City Stompers was a good time. It's a lot of fun seeing U.S. chaos because, like, Renee, like, plays. We were we, we were sitting there at the Head Wound show. We all, it was like me, Smashly, Larry, and we're all sitting there talking. And, like, it's the middle of a song. And then, boom, Renee solos. And all three of us just stop talking and look at each other. And we're like... I've never heard Renee play something like this because it's her brother's songs and it's like it's a different person writing it and it's like it's it's because you know Renee has her style which is what I love that's why I loved the tracks I've heard from Dean Dean and every blank song ever and why you know I'm still sitting in my attic writing songs with her last night but like it is it was it's like it's still punk but it's like it's not her and some of them are her winning in it, winning in it, rock and roll, Chuck Berry, Johnny Thunders, but it's just her playing like a more traditional punk, and it's and still with the solos, and like some of those have some big solos, and it's still rock and roll, but it's different, and it's like ah, you're not used to hearing Renee like that, so it's a lot of fun, and it's great seeing like Jack and all them out there with their gray hair, and dude, I don't like so the bassist, oh my god, dude. He was pogoing his ass off. I mean, motherfucker literally, like, as old as my dad. I think he's probably older. My dad is 65. I do not know. But he's up there jumping, you know, like where you jump and kick out your leg, where Rick from the Casualties is always doing. I move a lot around a lot when I play. Some people are like, Andrew, you trying to steal the show. This motherfucker, I can't jump like that. Like, what the fuck? How the fuck do I have X, who's, like, almost as old as my dad, outrunning me at in the pit in the head wound? And then I got the bassist from U.S. Chaos pogoing cooler than me while playing bass. Like, what the fuck is happening here? What, what, what the fuck is happening? Uh, as long as I'm doing it at that age, that's all I really cares about. But uh, yeah, let's let's play another track. We are gonna play some sloppy seconds because I was lucky enough to see these guys in Philly about a year ago. Fucking amazing. And we are gonna listen. This is the You Can't Kill Joey Ramone seven inch. Absolutely love this song. Absolutely love the lyrics and the music. I have my Joey Ramone tattoo. This song, like my kids love this song. My kids know all about Joey Ramone. And then there's a B-side. Cause you guys have heard You Can't Kill Joey Ramone constantly on here, but what you have not heard is this pink vinyl, the B-side of Joey Ramone, can't stand rock and roll as in the anti-nowhere leagues can't stand rock and roll so we're definitely gonna get to some sloppy seconds gotta take bomb squadron uh, smash hits off the turntable dropping the sloppy seconds b-side of joey ramone can't stand rock and roll up next the league fucking love it and here's one of my favorites covering one of my favorites with sloppy seconds doing they're classic. You can't, I can't stand rock and roll. Up next, Pogo City, waiting for this goddamn needle. Here we go. Oh, God, I sound like a junkie. Don't sample that. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Sloppy seconds up next. Pardon my French, but you're an asshole. Got the speed right. Let's make a rock and roll song. Let's make a rock and roll song about hating rock and roll. I'm like, I remember the first time I heard that it was on Live in Yugoslavia 2, right? And and then they go into like this bridge where they play this flat seven bass line, which is a which is the most rock and roll bass line of all time. And I'm like, this is the most rock and roll song they do, and it's about can't stand rock and roll. I fucking, it's great. It's great. It's great. It's great. It's great. It's it's ironic. And isn't it ironic? Don't you think? All right. Yeah. Okay. Getting stoned. That was sloppy seconds covering the anti nowhere league. I've been flying solo, just bullshitting and uh, hanging out. Hope you people been enjoying it, but I'm getting the fuck out of here. I got shit to do. I got to go play guitar and stuff. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Did write a new song, though. Definitely wrote a new song called uh, Do You Think It Be Alright? Me and Renee were working on it. Actually, no. I wrote this one completely, but then me and Renee were working on a song that we both were working on as well. But I was teaching her song this. I was teaching her this song last night. We're going to get this shit down, and we're going to record it, and we're going to play it, and you're going to hear it. And it's going to be awesome. It's definitely going to be cool. Definitely going to do some, uh, I got some recording things coming up with some different people. So stay tuned. Definitely going to have fun. I'm going to be playing bass. I'm going to be playing guitar. Like I said, no like uh, live band playing shows right now, but a bunch of people in a couple different places been hitting me up about comps. So why the fuck would we not get that rag tanned? Ragtag misfits, fucking not like Danzig misfits, but you know, patch together bands we like to record with, make some recordings and get them out. 
on some comps because it's just uh, fucking fun and awesome. And a, another band always putting out fun and awesome recordings are our friends in the unsubs coming out of Virginia. And it's going to take me a second because the mic cable isn't going to reach over there. So I don't even think, are we live? I guess we're still live. I don't have the screen up. But uh, you're going to have to wait two seconds. You're gonna have to, I got to go take the record off the wall because I did not realize that I was going to have to spend vinyl all night. And most of my favorite vinyls, as in like people who I'm cool with the vinyls, are hanging on the wall. They're not even on the shelf there. And it's like I got to keep going back and ripping records off the wall. And then after this, I got to fucking pin them back up to the wall. What I need to do, oh, this is what I'm doing. I'm pinning up the covers. Keeping the records out, but in the paper sleeves, putting them on the shelves. Andrew, you're a goddamn genius. Genius. I love when I act like I thought of things that have been thought of before, but they've never dawned on me. Like mounting my wireless to my pedal board. Like, I thought I was a genius for that until so many people were like, well, duh, Andrew. But yes, yes, we need the fuck out of here. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. If you did, it's going to be available in better sound quality if you guys are watching the video anywhere and it got muted because of copyright infringement or some bullshit. That won't happen on Spotify. It won't happen on Apple Podcasts. It won't happen at PogoCity.com. Also at PogoCity.com, you can pre-order the Parasitics one-sided seven-inch Take the Streets. That shit has been in production since June 7th. There is no official release date, but the mass production has been on for June, July. So hopefully this shit will be here any fucking day. I have a test pressing. I have several test pressings. I don't know. People are saying I would should maybe give one away, and I'll think about it. I'll think about it. I got to give one to Larry. I have one, and maybe I'll give one away. Maybe I'll give one away. We'll see. We'll see. But we are definitely going to play the unsubs. These guys fucking kick ass. They got a bunch of releases. They got a couple on Spotify. You can go to their band camp. You can order hard copies of most of their releases. Also, I didn't even realize I got this 4D Kids shirt on right now. That's Joe's video company. I was talking about our ragtag misfits bands and one of them being the Spiky Tops with $4 Sean. And uh, Joe on the subs on vocal, Renee on guitar, and me on guitar and bass. Uh, Spiky Tops in his most recent documentary. It's cool because Joe made like an actual music video for us. And uh, like, you know, it's, it's we, he was filming while we were in the studio. And he got the mastered track, played it over top, and really spliced it together as an actual video. And it's real cool because it's in like the middle of the second Pogo in the Pit, and uh, we had a viewing of it at QXTs a few months back, and it's oh, $4 showing it's fucking hammered introducing the spiky tops. It's, dude, we're sitting there watching this, and we're just busting out laughing. It's great. It's great. Everybody's just like, oh, God, he's shit-faced. Like, he's, he's shit-faced right now. <laughs> and fucking then it goes into the video, but it's cool because he's got other bands in there like Dog Shit and Revolt, and it's like, which is also cool, the stabs, a lot of footage from Florida, and uh, he's, uh, you know, got like the live sets and shit, but he had our mastered track all spliced together. It was fucking great. You can find the first Pogo in the Pit 
on YouTube, and you can find trailers for the second Pogo in the Pit on YouTube, but not the full feature. The full feature isn't available for purchase. Joe said he had a handful of copies of the first one left. It's probably sold out. Ask him about it. Uh, like I said, go to the Unsubs or 4D Kids Production. Actually, go to their band camp. But, uh, yeah, the second one will be out, he's saying, not till next year. But we're in August, so next year isn't that far away. So uh, he's had it set up. It's great. It's, it's better than the first one, and the first one was awesome. It's really cool. We're going to leave here with the Unsubs. I'm going to go grab the record. Kiss my ass. That record's too high. I gotta climb on top of an amp. My pants are gonna fall down. I'm gonna fall off of the amp. I'm gonna hit the railing. It's all gonna happen live on Facebook. We're not doing that. I think I have an unsubs seven inch in that pile. I think we found one. Did we find an... No, we did not. God damn it. Life sucks sometimes. We are going to have to play another record. We're going to play... Sorry, Joe. Sorry, guys. Go on uh, YouTube, Spotify. I can't find the record. I'm not taking that high-ass record off the wall and breaking my neck on Pogo City Live. It's just... It's not going to happen. And my pants are going to fall because I don't have a belt on and they're way too big on my fucking mini-me ass. But uh, we're going to leave with a band that uh, people definitely forget about sometimes because they only released six tracks, five on this here 7-inch, and the sixth one, a GVH cover of Give Me Fire, was it, I believe? And that's on, what is that on? The Sound of Rebellion, I believe, volume two? But, uh, yeah, definitely awesome, but this is self-destruct I'm talking about. Members of the Unseen and a Global Threat, basically half of the Unseen, half of a Global Threat. This was right after, like, more, like while Mark was leaving a Global Threat, and uh, it was put out on Punkcore Records, and uh, it is their only 7-inch, and uh, it was fucking awesome, typical, like, Unseen style and we are going to play Still Screaming and get the fuck out of here. I'll catch you guys next time. But like I said, while this record starts to spin, come out to LCJ's local show September 17th in Peaburg with the OC Rippers. Go on Facebook or her page or whatever for more info. Here's Oh, this is going to be all high. <laughs> listen, listen. Oh my god. We got the chipmunks. I should have listened to it. Alright, I guess I guess we gotta slow the speed down. I may have f***ed up here. People ask why we don't play vinyls more often. Okay, here's self-destruct, fuck playing records. I find the fucking threats, but what's the fucking hell?
we about to have a three-way with self-destruct? I think we're about to have a three-way with self-destruct. Yeah. 